the Oasis Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. The reading today is taken from Philippians 3, verses 12 to 21. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have often told you before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite, they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our saviour. He will take our weak, mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. morning everyone. Very nice to see everyone downstairs, everyone upstairs, and though I can't see you, I know that you're there, so welcome online as well. Um, it's good to gather kind of youngest to oldest and everyone in between. It just does us good, I think, sometimes just be in the room together, and we're going to be continuing our series looking at this amazing letter written to a church a long time ago in a place called Philippi where we're discovering week on, week out, that Paul is wanting us to grasp and get hold of the fact that Jesus is enough, full stop, for you, for me, for everyone. Jesus is enough, full stop. No and, no but. Jesus is enough, full stop. And in this passage that Davina so eloquently, excellently, beautifully read over us, Paul is kind of saying, well, okay, so you're starting to grasp that Jesus is enough full stop. Therefore, I want to encourage you in how you then get to live. As he says and encourages us through this passage to kind of use two different illustrations that I want us to look at this morning of being those who are living like runners, and living like citizens. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just literally camp out and say, okay, what does it mean to live like a runner? And what does it mean to live like a citizen? And we're going to do that together. We're going to learn together. We're going to have time where we chat together. We're going to have time where we feedback. 
And then we're going to see through it that once again, Jesus is enough full stop. And that redefines who we are and how we live. So yeah, how we're going to start off then is we're going to get into smaller groups. At this point, you're thinking, I've got to talk to some other people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to talk to some other people. And guess what? They're going to talk to you because they like the fact that you're here. Maybe you were here around for the first time. You are so welcome. And everyone is so excited that you're in the room. And they're going to kind of say, yep, come and join us. And what we're going to do is we're going to get into smaller groups. And in those smaller groups, I want us to just start to talk about a question, which is this. What is the best prize you could win? What is the best prize you could win? That's all you've got to talk about. Like, what would be a prize that you would love to win? And you're going to talk about that for a couple of minutes in small groups. And then on the screen is going to appear that question and next to it, a QR code. And that QR code, I want someone in your group, hopefully, has got a smartphone. And I want them to get it out and like load up what that QR connects you to. Because it's going to connect you to something called Slido beyond me. But Slido will then allow us, when I say, to start to feed in the answers we've put in order that all of us can then start to see, hey, these are the kind of prizes that people want to win here. So there you go. Get into groups, three to five, I'd say. Please include kids around. Um, you can move, but you start to talk. Question will appear if you're online. Maybe you want to start to uh, mention in the chat what you do. You've got three minutes to start to answer what is the best prize you could win. Someone load up the QR code. In three minutes' time, I'm going to say, load up your answers. Okay, okay, if I can have you back in the room, let's, uh, let's reveal our answers. The prizes that people would love to see. I think just to make note of a few things, um, shuttlecocks, that struck me. There was a particular brand of shuttlecocks that people had for a while. Um, I think, see me after to see what I can do. Um, there's some big ones there, peace, lots of money. That'd be a prize, wouldn't it? Um, a holiday, eternal life, a house. That's a big one. God, Jesus, the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. Man, that's a, that, that would be an achievement, wouldn't it? If, if that's you um, and that happens, please let us know as we'd love to share that. Um, there's some deep ones, aren't there? I just suddenly saw that one because um, uh, only a few appear on my screen. The um, Trust. Wow, like, like that's a big one, isn't it? I, what I most would be a wonderful prize is trust. For each and every one of us, there'll be things that we think, and some of them are there, and we're thinking, yeah, actually, I would quite like it if someone gave me a million pounds. If I won that, that would kind of change my life. Someone gave me a camper van. And then there's this other layer where some of those answers are coming through. And we're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I think probably, ultimately, it, it, maybe it's God. Maybe it's about eternal life, like what happens to me in the future. What, like, maybe it's about Jesus. And not surprisingly, Paul, writing to a bunch of followers of Jesus, says, hey, do you know what the ultimate prize is? He says, well, the prize equals Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate prize that everyone and anyone can gain. 
And he pictures it and says, this prize is that one day we'll finally see him face to face. And he kind of depicts it like a race of saying, like, it's like the finishing line of a race. Where when you get to that finishing line, you don't break a tape, rather you encounter and you meet the wonder of the risen Jesus. And suddenly in that moment, you realize the wonder as you see him face to face, the wonder of his overwhelming love, peace, joy, and acceptance. And Jesus says, that's the prize, Paul says, that's the prize that we should be running for, one that is all about Jesus. And therefore, Paul says, therefore, it's going to change how you live when you know that's the prize that you're going after. As you are to live like a runner. Paul kind of gives this illustration, verse 14, press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. So you want to know what life is like now? You've seen Jesus as the ultimate prize. Well, it's a bit like a race, a race where you're running. But the way you're running is this invitation to know more and more of who Jesus is until one day you'll break that line where you'll meet him face to face and suddenly be overwhelmed by his love, his kindness, his goodness, his peace, and his joy. Therefore, this life becomes one where we'll be invited to run more after Jesus, to know more of Jesus. So therefore, I get to live knowing, actually, I know more of Jesus now than I did three months ago, or a week ago, or even yesterday. That's the invitation. But also, it isn't that I've made it. I'm actually going to continue running in this invitation that allows me to know more and more of Jesus. This life becomes one where I'm being invited to continuously know more of him. And the more I know of Jesus, the more it defines who I am. And the same is true for you. That the invitation is to run, getting to know more and more of Jesus. But Paul says the thing is, yep, there's this illustration and it is that we're to be like runners in a race, but there's a reality that we can get distracted. And he says, don't get distracted. He says in verse 13, focus on this one thing, Jesus, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. See, I want to say that I think there's many ways we can get distracted, but I just want to give us four. The first one is that as we're centering our lives on Jesus and saying, yep, we're running after him, the prize of meeting him face to face, Jesus, the invitation of a life that continuously is seeking to know and be defined more by him, that we can get distracted. We can get distracted by our past. Imagine running for a moment and you're running. You're always going forward when you're running, aren't you? So you're running and then suddenly you're in the race and you go, yeah, actually, just a minute. Just want to go back to this bit. I'm going to play have it with the cameras. I'm going to go back here. Because this bit of my journey was amazing. Like this bit of the race that I ran. Man, if you'd known me in 2021 and the way in which I like knew Jesus, Jesus just felt so close, was defining more of me. You should have seen the way I was praying. 
You should have seen the way I was like causing others to hear about who Jesus is. You should have seen the way I was just looking to kind of reveal more and more of who Jesus is. Like this was amazing. Come back, come, come look at this. I'm going to camp out here actually. This is it. Race back here. I'm just going to stay forever. Like, if we saw someone running a race like that, you think, you're crazy. Why are you going backwards to kind of get us to look at a bit where you thought you ran well? Yet, do we do that? Do we get distracted by who we were and think, oh yeah, but do you remember what it was like then? Paul says, no, no, you don't get distracted by the past. What about excess baggage? What about if you're running a race and you just find yourself, you're like, yep, I'm running, but I've just got stuff with me. I've got like the stuff that I've carried most of my life to, and it's just stuff that I know I did that I feel slightly guilty about. There's stuff that I feel ashamed of. Oh yeah, there's the stuff that other people did to me. There's the other stuff that people did that shaped me. And yeah, that, that kind of defines me as well. And I find myself carrying this stuff. And as I'm carrying it, it kind of gets caught up. And I find myself tripping over it. Like the reality is that many of us can find ourselves trying to run, carrying baggage we don't need to carry anymore. See, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it is the stuff that you've done. The stuff that you feel guilty about, the stuff that you feel ashamed of. And that gets in the way of us knowing more of Jesus. And we need to know that Jesus says, no, I'm enough. You're free. It's already come through today. You're free. Drop the bags. No more guilt. No more shame. But there's this other bag. It's a bag that to everyone else sometimes looks quite pretty. But for us, we know it's just really heavy. Because it's a bag that is full of the stuff that other people did to us. Other people said to us. And however much we say, yeah, yeah, Jesus, you're enough, we still know that bag is there. And we can hear people say, like me, Adrian, Oh yeah, God loves you. God loves you unconditionally. And it just kind of bounces off because we realize that in this bag, it said, you need, you need to earn it. You need to earn my love because you're not worthy. And for us, we need to understand that this bag doesn't easily get dropped. Yes, Jesus has freed us but we need to understand that in under, getting to know more of Jesus, part of it is allowing the wonder of his love to begin to saturate this bag in order that it becomes a bag that starts to waste away, in order that it doesn't exist anymore. And the thing is, as we run, knowing more of Jesus, for some of us, it is this bag still there, but no, it's got holes. No, it is wearing out. No, that for some of us, it's just the handles. And one day, it'll be gone. So distracted by excess baggage. Third one, leaving the track. 
You ever seen a runner do that? Like running in the stadium, whew, I don't know, they're doing like 3,000 meters. They're doing a marathon, I don't know, doing that. And then suddenly you see someone up in a stand and they're like, wow, those seats look really good. They've got a nice drink. They've got some nice food. I know, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to have a sit with them. God, how's it going? Enjoying the race? Just watching people? Aren't, aren't you going to be running that? No, 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 I thought I'd just sit down. Because this just seemed good. Like we can get just distracted and be taken off. Poor old Rob, man. Rob's our camera guy. Um, keeps him fit for today. That we can get distracted by just going off the track. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this thing. Maybe it's, a, like, it, it's like if their life. Maybe it's like actually that achievement. Maybe it's that job. Maybe it's that situation. Maybe it's like their thing looks so much easier than my thing. Maybe it's better just to give up on this track and go after that. Maybe if I do get the power, maybe if I do get the money, maybe if I get the influence, maybe that's going to be the thing that's the prize. Paul's like, no, no, don't get distracted. Come back. Prize is Jesus. Run in a way that you don't stop knowing more of him. Final one. Fourth one. Do we look at the other people on the track? Do you ever do that? Like, compare. And you kind of find yourself like running along and you think, oh yeah, we've got the prize of Jesus. We're in the room today. We're all together. Yeah, Jesus, you're amazing. I wonder if they think Jesus is as amazing as I do. I think I do. Th- I think I think Jesus is more amazing than they do, actually. I think, I think I'm slightly better than them in thinking of how much amazing Je- or how amazing Jesus is. Or maybe it's that we look at that person and we think, oh man, Compared to them, they're just accelerating off. It's as though they're nearly meeting Jesus. I'm just left behind. Paul says, don't get distracted. Because comparison kills. We're not going to be looking at others in that way. No, you see, Paul is writing to a church here, and therefore he's writing to us as a group of people. Because actually... Rather than getting distracted by comparison, I would argue that we need to understand that we are running together. This isn't like a solo venture of us just doing our thing by ourselves, prize of Jesus ahead of us, looking to know more of him. No, we're running together. And that changes it all. It means that we're not competing, we're not comparing. It's rather that we are able to spur one another on, to encourage one another. That we get to run alongside one another and say, come on, let's just get to know more of Jesus. How are you getting to know more of Jesus and to be defined more by him? You know, often I'm asked, what do you do as a job? And the best description I can give for it, if you don't know me, basically I, I get to play a part in helping Oasis be all it's meant to be. And so what I describe myself as is a not very pretty cheerleader. That's it. I just get to be a cheerleader who runs along a load of other people who are discovering Jesus, have discovered Jesus, and say, isn't he amazing? Let's run harder, let's run faster, because the prize is so good, and isn't it good every moment as we get to know him more? Therefore, we're going to get back in our groups. 
And I want us to discuss two questions. What can distract you from knowing Jesus? And secondly, what helps you know more of Jesus? I've got three minutes to do this. Groups, what can distract you? What helps you? Okay. Can I encourage you? My guess is there's still more to be said. Like, just keep asking. Like, this is what it means to run together. We just keep encouraging one another how we've been distracted, how we're staying focused. So that's live like runners. I also said let's live like citizens. That's what Paul's writing here. I just want to ask us this question. What does it mean to be a citizen? Paul writes in verse 20, oh, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wants us to get hold of something. But before we look at that, I want us just to quickly take a moment back in our groups, straight onto Slido. It's going to come up, QR code, and just say, what are the things that come to mind when you think of what does it mean to be a citizen? No wrong answers. Well, possibly. But let everyone go for, what are you going to put? What does it mean to be a citizen? Let's get that up there. Two minutes this time to keep us focused. Okay, let's let those answers appear on the screen magically. Don't understand how it all happens, but there we go. There we go. Here are answers. Here I want us to, we're going to leave this up. We don't see me, we can all hear me. Here's how we see what being a citizen is all about. And the reality is, for Paul writing to this church in Philippi, they'd have had all these words coming to mind. The biggest one there is belonging. And I want us to see that. And Paul wants us to understand that if you've centered your life on Jesus, you're now a citizen of where Jesus is. That being a citizen is about home. And home is where Jesus is. And Paul says that's heaven. Heaven is a place where God's rule and reign is fully revealed at this moment in time. His rule and reign of love, goodness, justice, righteousness, peace, joy, and kindness. And Paul wants us to understand that actually in centering our lives on Jesus, we are now citizens of that place that is defined by Jesus the King. But as citizens of that place, it isn't like a place that we're to escape to, but rather it's a place, a home that is going to come and invade this earth. That one day, Jesus reveal his rule and reign throughout this planet. And therefore, it changes how we live. Knowing you're a citizen of there is this stuff on the cloud, of knowing that we live belonging that we're belonging to Jesus. That we're belonging, knowing that he's defining us by his goodness, love, justice, righteousness, peace, joy, and kindness. And we, be- we will belong there forever. But also there's that word that comes through somewhere in there of responsibility, that we get to now have the joy and responsibility of revealing the fact we're citizens of this place. 
in the places that we're uniquely placed. We get to reveal the wonder of who Jesus is as king and what his rule and reign look like, that you and I get to act and speak in a way that brings love, justice, peace, joy, and we get to show kindness. Therefore, I've got a treat for us in a moment, but to get there, I want us to answer one last question in our groups. How can you live more as a citizen of heaven, now here on earth. In your groups, do that. And then I've got a treat for us to end with. And I'm gonna invite some friends up to help me with that. So get in your groups and then we'll get to finish. Can I encourage us? All the questions we're looking with today can shape our kind of bring and share lunch after this can shape our small groups this coming week. But to finish off with, I'm just going to invite uh, some friends who I have asked to pray for us. So they're not going to appear on the screen uh, just for a safer church reason. But I wonder if we can encourage them. So I wonder if you guys can boldly come before me. We've got some OKC and some youth who are going to pray over us. I just felt it was just wonderful to have them in the room. And these guys are with us running and they're going to now pray some prayers just to encourage us. Can I encourage you in how you hear prayers? I'm very vocal in how I hear a prayer. I'm getting the yes, I get in an amen. I'd also say sometimes we want to applaud at the end of it. And so we're going to pass the mic along, and these guys are going to pray for us. So where you are, close your eyes, open your heart, and hear their prayer over us. Please help us to talk more to you and listen to you. You. Thank you that you help us do the right thing. Thank you that we can praise you whenever we want. Please help us to get kinder every day and help other people see your heart in us. Amen. Amen. Dear Father God, I pray now for our church as a community. I pray that you would reveal your goodness more and more throughout our daily lives. I pray we would seek to live a more Christ-centered life, living out your peace and love and spreading it to those around us. I pray that we would know a sense of your presence here today and just know where you're guiding us to and spread your light. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, everybody here is probably all going through different circumstances that are both good and bad. We all want to be with you and know more of you in our lives and know that you are good in everything that you do and that you are with us all the way. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray that each one of us could learn what it is to know you and know more of you. In a world which seems so torn, I pray that we may know more of you and your unchanging love. No matter what we do or what we are going through, you will never leave us. Even though it may seem like sometimes we are alone, I pray that we can always find you. I also pray, Lord, that through knowing you, you can show us how to become more like you. Amen. Amen. Oh,